Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris, and we're starting off March with March's topic. And March's topic, uh, which we've already started in a couple of podcasts, just started to edge into it, is the topic of the heart, the human heart. Now, it's now 2000 was the year, so 2001, uh, it's now... 20 years since my book, Inner Wealth, uh, putting the heart and soul back into business. And, well, it, it was changed the last minute to putting the heart and soul back into work and life. And I think business is too isolating because, quite frankly, you can't put your heart and soul into business if you don't put your heart and soul into life as well. So putting the heart and soul into work and life is the title of Inner Wealth. We're up to, I don't know... Um, I think it's the fourth reprint. It's now digitally available globally. Uh, it sells significant, still significant numbers of books, but boy, oh boy, it's still to this day way ahead of its time. And um, Wiley, the publishers, have admitted that the, the book, uh, I don't know how many it sold, probably half a million uh, books at this point in time, and royalties have been donated all over the planet to different places and people, and... Um, well and truly paid back the $5,000 I got for uh, what was called a marketing editor. And that was a tough gig because the marketing editor changes a book to make it more readable to the public um, um, while I uh, was committed to the book being um, a really a commitment to change the way people work and live. Uh, I'm still working on that topic. It's 20 years later. Uh, maybe I'm ahead of my time or maybe I'm behind the times. But the bottom line of this is that I believe, in my heart of hearts, ironically, that if we don't put our heart and soul into what we do, we sabotage it. And um, what stops us from putting our heart and soul into what we do are opinions. Uh, we bounce between head and heart. Uh, you may have heard that on a previous podcast as we, as we warm up to the March topic of the heart. Um, you, you may uh, have heard me talk about bouncing between head and heart, head and heart. And that's how it's meant to be. We were given a brain to think with. We've been given uh, the ability to, take f uh, to discern facts out of fiction. Um, to be able to separate emotion um, into left and right and therefore, in a sense, neutralise its impact on our reactive behaviour and therefore operate between head and heart rather than get trapped in the domain of opinions. And the domain of opinions is uh, what we call purgatory, or which is what the Catholic Church called it, but it's between heaven and hell. And it is, it is really, uh, for those who die, it is a place to fear because you don't end up in, you know, dancing around with the angels up in heaven. Uh, you don't end up back in a body on earth. You end up stuck. And whether you're Buddhist or Christian or Muslim or Hindu or whatever philosophy you follow or like me, the universe, death is not a frightening experience if you if you have an idea of what might happen after it and what might happen after it uh, can is told by all the great books because most people fear it i don't fear it because i believe that every 144 years we're reborn into another body our our soul our heart is reborn into another body to continue the process um 
And I discern this information from the ancient mysteries, uh, from metaphysics and from uh, reading uh, Buddhist text and Hindu text and biblical text and finding the alignment between all of what they've written in metaphorical stories and what was written on the side of a pyramid 4,000 years before they came to this uh, to write the books. But anyway, let's not get off the topic. Today, I want to talk to you and most importantly talk about, to you about the heart. By opening a heart, you become more productive, more inspired. You come home with more energy than you left uh, within the morning. It improves your home life and your relationship and is what we call leadership at work. Heart and soul at work isn't an option. I guess we can say it like this. You own it. It's simple. It's portable. It's inside you. It affects your productivity. It affects your health, your happiness. It affects your relationship, your friendships, your children and your P&L at work. If you tap it, there's no stopping you. If you don't, then it's just hard work and struggle. Your heart affects everything important. It's without doubt the single most important ingredient in, term in determining the quality of your life. It determines work-life balance and the ex essential ex exchange in relationships. It's not fluff. Just try be being closed-hearted and hopeless for a day and see how it feels. And how many people want to invest in you if you haven't got your heart in what you do. Your heart is simple. So let's just put it in a really easy to understand context. Your heart is the core of your deepest humanity. And so uh, for work satisfaction, quality of the output, sustainable enjoyment and client appreciation, putting your heart and soul into whatever you do makes perfect sense. But there are more benefits than just greater productivity and enjoyment. For example, you'll be less stressed for the same output. This in turn tr translates to more energy when you get home, which in turn translates to a better quality of life. Putting your heart and soul into what you do saves you energy. It reduces emotion and in some way gives you more enthusiasm, more enthusiasm for work and life. The heart is the centre around which your life can circulate, revolve. But it's not an emotional centre. The heart is quite often mistaken as a nice fuzzy feeling in the centre of your chest, but that is the emotional centre. The heart's really different. We want to get as much done with as little energy waste as possible, don't we? Incompetence at work, defined by tiredness and exhaustion and stress and frustration, causes us to want to get balanced by recovering at home, taking holidays or playing up at the pub. This may be the unhealthy privilege of a single person or, and, and, and unfortunately it guarantees a married person becomes single even when they prefer otherwise. No partner agrees to be with the fall guy, the one who's incompetent at work. No partner agrees to be with a closed-hearted person who's so stressed they're caught in purgatory opinionated about who's right and who's wrong, blaming this and blaming that. I think a person must, if they're serious about a relationship, come home with more energy uh, than they left with in the morning. And there's no use waiting for a relationship to blow up to remind you of this fact. 
And there's no use waiting for a relationship to turn up to engage in this behaviour. The key to this is putting the heart and soul into your work. A clear vision, clear inspiration and clear purpose. This is the benefit of a corporate retreat environment. Out in nature, heart and soul become a priority. Visions and inspirations and purpose can be felt, understood and written in stone. A conviction arises in us that feels very strong. It's also magnetic because people love to be led by an individual who's putting their whole heart and soul into what they do. There are those who go to work to joke, joke around, to play around, to be ambivalent about what the company's doing or where it's going. But those people are never magnetic. If you'd love to know more about the benefits of heart and soul at work, you can create a corporate retreat. Even in the Himalayas of Nepal, I'll do one. And do the virtual coaching program online just for yourself. In our heart, we are connected to others and the world around us. More simply put, we, we get on better with people. In our heart, there's no need to compare ourselves with others. We're a part of something bigger. So by putting our heart and soul into our work, our sense of small individuality becomes transient and it's replaced by something bigger that sits at the forefront of our interactions with others. Something really good and very, very human. So it's very important to realise that a person who goes out to race in, a, in, a, in a, a running race or a swimming race or whatever event, physical event, who, whose heart goes out and head takes over will start um, reacting in a very highly competitive way which drives them down to fight-flight. Now... There are people who can win races in fight flight. There's no doubt about that. There's people who, who look at you and will, will tear your face off if they get a chance. Uh, and there's others who uh, get so nervous that they wish they didn't even participate in the event, fight flight. There's no... Uh, and there are games that people play with the mind uh, uh, to suggest that there are uh, techniques to manage the mind so it doesn't go into fight flight, but that's not true. Nothing's ever missing, just changes in form. So where does fight-flight go? Where does that competitive um, attack or retreat position go if we, if we eliminate it? And, and Because we can't eliminate it, we can just change its form. And the only form we can change it to is the heart. And the heart is a grateful space. The heart is a very inspired space. And that's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about eliminating fight-flight. We're talking about transforming the energy into a very, very focused, very, very clear, targeted way to be. So when, your heart, when you open your heart, the moment becomes very important. You get to relax in the knowledge that you have no idea what could happen next, but a clear certainty of what would you would like to happen next. It's a certain sort of bulletproof control, and at the same time, a real sense of adventure in life. This contradiction is a beautiful reality. From In a business, from a HR point of view, if a company spent their whole time and all their training budget doing nothing other than opening people's heart and developing the qualities of the heart, I'm not exaggerating when I say that this alone would bring individuals and teams to the highest goal of business life. 
Now you have to know this totally because to focus on mind or emotion or to separate mind and heart is to think that what we want in life is going to be is going to guarantee our happiness and our health and it makes the heart and soul the driving force of vision inspiration purpose small so if we make our an open heart our priority rather than seek happiness and seek fun and seek all the things the the, the open heart guarantees happiness and health and brings heart and soul with it, which drives a vision, which drives inspiration and purpose, rather than to reduce those things and make them small and trivial. Now, in a business, if HR avoids heart and soul at work, if they don't mention it, they don't talk about it, all they talk about is emotional intelligence, resilience, all these other mind games that they play, uh, uh, infinite thought, and they just play with you with your mind they're really stuffing with something very important, and that is the concept of duality. In duality, polarizing a person to one uh, side of their brain during their work life will automatically cause them to polarize to the opposite side of their brain during their non-work life. And therefore, a lot of what's encouraged as being good business practice and good mind development at work causes an enormous amount of pain and suffering for children for families and for friends and for individuals who ultimately get depressed by being pumped up at work. So when, when HR gets caught up in the idea of emotions and mind dominating, they exhaust people. When the mind and the heart and the emotions are separated from the heart and soul, so when the, when the mind and emotions are separated from the heart and soul, People can't see the connection between what's natural, beautiful, and their work, which in turn exhausts them. Now, by connecting heart and soul in our understandings and awareness, we understand the big picture of life and business. I call it the helicopter view, but it's more than that. In times of challenge or pain or suffering, it's the human heart that can explain why it's happening and therefore teach us to, to have strength and real resilience and good-heartedness towards others, even under the most uh, heavy pressure. Our interpersonal relationship at work are vastly improved with an open heart. At the very core of our deepest humanity are compassion and loving-kindness. From this core, one feels a great sense of enjoyment in work and with others and, and in serving clients. It's therefore through the heart that we can find the way to enjoy work with our clients, with our friends, with our colleagues, even competitors, and ultimately, in a way, really, really get to love what we do in work. Doesn't matter what the work is. The heart's the centre around which you build your life. But it's not the emotional centre. As I said before, our heart's often mistaken as a nice fuzzy feeling in the centre of the chest, but, but, but that's the emotional centre. Opening your heart and balancing your mind doesn't mean rushing around and solving the world's problems either, because those, are obs ob those obstacles are countless, and that rushing around is in itself part of the world's problems. By listening to your own heart, by listening to your own particular gifts, it enables you to focus on what you really love to do and express yourself without tension or reaction. Now, the deepest experience of work life is awakened when, when you finally take this responsibility. We become the mirror 
of the change we would love to see in the world. We, we, but we must first learn to find peace and harmony within our own heart. I believe great leadership comes from an open heart. Let's look at this a little further. When we explore the term heart in common language, we find that heart means the centre or the innermost part of something, such as the heart of a city or, or the, the essential and vital part of something, such as what is the heart of this matter? A leader with a, a lot of heart is someone with determination. To lose heart means to be discouraged. So we see that the will of a leader emanates from their heart. We refer to the heart when we talk about generosity or sincerity too, uh, 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 such as consideration and understanding of others. We say, she has a, a big heart or she has a, a clear heart. When a leader is cruel or mean or when someone shows no reward for others, no regard for others, his or her heart is closed, small, cold. And even to the point where we say a person is heartless, they have no heart at all. So the surface of our life is mind, while the depth of it is heart. And this is why we have to be really careful following books that teach um, the philosophy of, uh, of an ancient religion in 50 pages. Uh, if you ever meet the masters who study the topics of uh, uh, um, uh, Taoist practices or uh, Qigong or uh, yoga or anything. It's a lifetime of perpetual, highly disciplined, university qualified study. And that's why we have to be careful that we don't dance around and encourage ourselves to be mentally um, aware, mentally aware. But in doing so, reinforce our behavior to be opinionated and reinforce our ideas that our actions and thoughts should be opinions rather than educated fact that allows the brain, the mind to function, but doesn't disallow the heart, allows the heart to function as a priority. The heart is clarity, the mind is personality. So it's through the heart that we, are, we get to, to feel and know ourselves. Once a person understands how to open their heart, to explore the character and the mystery of the heart, they understand the language of good business and career success because they know their own personal truth. So each of us has the choice to live with an open heart or not. But it takes a certain trust. The skill for living with an open heart requires a trust, a trust that when faced with what seems to be an insurmountable challenge, will survive it. It does not necessitate becoming religious. The open-hearted life is not lived in temples or on particular days of worship, nor is it dependent on reverence to a statue or an icon. And that's very important. An open heart is lived every single moment of our life. The state of our heart is reflected in what people see of us. The state of our heart is reflected in what people see of us. An open heart is revealed in what we think, our secret thoughts and our ideas. So people say, put your heart into it. It means become fully invested, 
It means to throw the full weight of your humanity behind something. And there are no half-hearted success stories. We've got to be vigilant about this. Our heart must remain invested. Because when the heart goes out of something, we automatically sabotage it. So if we can invest ourselves in maintaining the commitment of our heart, we will automatically achieve many of the, many of our personal and business dreams. And there are no buts. I want to succeed, but I'm afraid of failure. I love you, but I'm afraid of being hurt. I, I want to work for this company, but there are jobs that pay more. I want to change my career, but I am worried about success. I want to improve my health, but I love chocolate. The enemy of the heart is not the mind. The mind and the heart work together. Buts are the source of doubt, and doubt is the enemy of the heart. It is said in all yoga, let your doubts be cleared. And unless you can live with a heart and soul, doubt will become a consistent companion, and therefore... It's worth the investment to find out how to move through whatever you're going through, whatever challenges you, to find out how to open your heart, to keep it open, to sustain that open-heartedness throughout everything that happens in your life and come home to your, to your family and the loved ones with more energy than you're left with in the morning. This is Chris. You have a beautiful day. Bye for now.